Well, welcome to Front Range. My name is Ernest Smith. I'm the lead pastor, and we're so grateful uh, that you guys are here, whether you're joining us in person or you're watching online. We're grateful to have you, and our hope and prayer, and we say this every week, but our hope and prayer is that this will become a home for you, a place where you can build community, discover your purpose, and grow in your faith in Jesus. Hey, we'll let you know something that's happening in two weeks. There's this thing called Easter, uh, and man, I'm so excited for it. is like the Super Bowl for churches, uh, and what that means is that people in your life are more more open to an invitation to church. They're more open right now than any other time throughout the year. That means your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family members, if you would think, man, they probably wouldn't ever come to church. They're open to it more right now than any other time. Uh, we're going to have a ton going on at Easter. We're meeting over at the Douglas, Douglas County Event Center. Uh, so the fairgrounds, like that area, that huge building that's over there, we did that last year. We're going to do it again this year. Uh, we'll have a, a special needs egg hunt the day before. Uh, we're we're going to have a ton of people uh, show up. We already have 1,000 people registered. Uh, we know we'll get a lot more in the next two weeks. If you haven't registered and you have kids, register immediately uh, because we give away uh, free food for all the, the kids that are registered. Um, and it's just a, a great way to invite your neighbors to and all of that. But then the next day is Easter. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to join me. I'm going to challenge you to join me uh, over the next seven days in praying and fasting for people in your life. Uh, what is fasting? Fasting is getting rid of something in the natural to focus on the supernatural. So you get rid of food or, or maybe watching TV or social media or something like that. Something that you do pretty often. Uh, don't get rid of your kids. Don't get rid of your spouse. Uh, but something else that, uh, that you're engaged with on a regular basis. Uh, and that way when you're not engaged with that thing, you're, uh, you have time. Uh, and your mind is somewhere else and you can just begin to pray. And I want you to be praying for people in your life. Uh, be praying for God to open up doors. Be praying for God to uh, make a way where there seems to be no way. Be praying that God would give you names, that God would give you divine encounters, that, that if it's not your neighbors or your coworkers, that God would put somebody in your life at Starbucks or somewhere else in the community uh, over the next two weeks. And I promise you, if you pray those prayers, God will give you opportunities to make an invitation that can transform someone's eternity. Think about that. All it takes is an invitation, and it could transform someone's eternity. Uh, so I want to encourage you, join me over the next seven days in doing that. Uh, prayer can change everything. Uh, and I love, uh, one of the things we do here at Front Range, we have a, uh, what we call response time, uh, where we give you an opportunity to ask yourself two questions. What's God saying to me, and what am I going to do about it? And we have a ton of response stations around the room. If you've never joined us, you'll, you'll experience that here in a little bit. And one of those, those stations that we have is a prayer station. So we have some prayer uh, team members up front. If you're watching online, we have prayer team members online as well. Uh, and what we just say is, hey, if you need prayer for anything, come forward. And it's an opportunity for you to uh, have somebody pray over you about anything you're going through, or maybe your friend's going through something, and you want somebody to pray for your friend, then you can just come forward and, and get prayed over. And uh, man, I love people praying over me. Uh, for years, I've had so many people throughout the years uh, pray over me. And sometimes, I'll just be real honest, sometimes I don't know what they're saying. Uh, so there's been times I'm like, I left that prayer confused, uh, either because it was too loud in the room or because the person may have been speaking like a language I didn't understand or something like that. Uh, there've been times that people have prayed over me that I'm like, all right, I'll take that. I had a pastor one time in Kenya. Uh, he said, Ernest, I'm gonna pray for you. I was like, what are we praying for? He said, I'm gonna pray that you have twins. This is before I had any kids. I'm like, bring it, man, bring it. Sarah's there. She's like, don't you pray that. You better take those words back right now. <laughs> she understood a little bit more what that would mean for me. Uh, and so I don't know if you've ever had somebody pray over you where you just felt like, man, the presence of God was there. 
Have you ever had anybody pray over you just, you felt loved, seen, like God knew your situation, he knew your story, he knew what was, what was going on. Well, we're going to look at a prayer today uh, that a guy named Paul prays over a specific church, but I believe it's a prayer for our church. Uh, and it's a prayer that I've been praying over you as I've been preparing uh, this message. What we're doing right now is we're in a series called Prayers from Prison. Uh, and we're looking at certain prayers that, that a guy named Paul, who was a, a great missionary, a church planner, he wrote a, a large portion of the New Testament. Paul prays, he writes these prayers that he prays for these churches that he's connected to. He writes them down. And, uh, and these, these prayers uh, imagine the, the unique piece is that he's in prison when he prays these prayers. Now, I know some of you, you've been to prison. Most of us have not. Uh, but if you've ever thought about, like, what would I do if I was in prison? You probably weren't thinking, I'll be praying for people. You're like, pray for yourself. You know, you, you, you might be looking for a way out or whatever the case may be, but you're probably not thinking, how do I care for others? How do I love others well? How do I pray for others? Well, that's what Paul was doing. Paul's in a place where no one wants to be. He's been wrongly accused, and he's sitting there caring and praying for other people. Some people he's never even met before. He just, he just knows the church exists. Uh, we've looked at uh, a prayer that he prayed to the church in Ephesus the first week, uh, a prayer that he prayed to the church in Philippi the second week. If you miss any of those messages, we have a message series hub for every single series. The series hub has uh, all kinds of resources. It has the messages there. It has books you can read, podcasts to listen to, videos to watch. So if you want to go any deeper with any of these churches or why Paul was in prison or any of that, just scan the QR code on your worship guide or just go to frontrange.org and you can find the message series hubs there. Today we're going to be looking at a prayer, uh, another prayer that he prayed for the church at Ephesus. The first week we already looked at one, but we couldn't leave this prayer out because of how powerful this prayer is. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 3. If you don't have your Bibles, no worries, it's going to be up on the screen. Hey, if you need a Bible, just stop by the blue tent on your way to your car. We'll get you one. Uh, or you can download the Bible app. It's a great resource uh, to be able to join along with what we do here on Sunday and, and throughout the week. So Ephesians chapter 3, starting with verse 14, here's what Paul writes. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. He says, for this reason, I pray. What's the reason? Well, if you go a little bit further back, before he writes these words, he talks about how there's a unity in the church. Like because there's this great oneness in the church, uh, this is why I pray. Now, this is fascinating because the church is so diverse. And the church is filled with, with people who come from very poor backgrounds, very wealthy backgrounds, people who uh, were Jewish and then accepted Christ, people who were pagans and worshiping other gods, and then they accepted Jesus. So they're coming from all kinds of backgrounds, and now they're one. And because they're one, they're being used by God to make a difference in the world around them. And Paul says, because of your oneness, because you are unified, I kneel before God, and I thank God. And then he gets into the prayer, verse 16, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So what's he praying for? He's praying that you would be strengthened in your inner being by God's power through his spirit. That because of God's great power, because of his Holy Spirit, may he strengthen you and I deep down. Now, this isn't God saying, like, I just want you to be strong. I want you to like, be able to make it through the day, you know, and stuff like that. God's saying that I want to give you a strength that goes to the inner, your inner being. Like, it's at the core of who you are. Like, it's not just like, man, man can you make it through today? It's like, 
man, I got something going on in my life, and I need God to show up. You ever been there before? You ever needed God to, like, show up in a major way in your life? Maybe it was when you were walking through the death of a loved one, and you didn't know how you would make it through the day or make it through another hour, and you're like, God, I need you today. Or maybe it was from a, a diagnosis that you got or a loved one got, and you're like, man, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to manage this or how to walk through this. God, I need you to show up. Or maybe it was at college or in high school when your faith was being questioned and, and, and all that you had built your life upon was being uh, called to the carpet. And you're like, man, I don't even know what to do in this situation. Maybe it was in a separation. Maybe it was a relationship that that you've had that there's been some separation between you and a child or you and a spouse or you and a friend. You're like, God, I need you. Have you ever needed the strengthening of God in your inner being? Like where you're going, God, I need you, not not just tomorrow. I'm probably going to need you tomorrow, but I need you today. Like I can't get through today. I can't get through this situation, God, without you doing something powerful. Paul's saying, I'm praying that all believers are strengthened in their inner being, through the power of God and his spirit. And Paul understands that if you and I are strengthened in our inner being, there's going to be a few things that come about. There's going to be some fruit that comes about in our lives if you and I are strengthened in our inner being. So he tells us three things that will happen to us if we're strengthened by the power of God. Look at verse 17. He says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love... The first thing that happens when when you're strengthened in your inner being by God's power is that you are rooted in love. You see, root is is the fruitfulness of God's spirit being in you. Like love is just going to come out. It should just pour out of you because God is in you, because God is strengthening you, because his spirit is inside of you. It should just come out. And, and that, that love is not uh, dependent on the circumstances around you or how people are treating you or what people say to you or anything like that. You should just love because it, it's what God's doing inside of you. It, you're rooted in love. The, the picture there is this, is this tree that's, that's by a water and its roots have gone out and it is so firm that no matter what winds come, no matter what storms come, nothing can uproot this tree. He's saying, let your love be immovable. That no matter what happens to you, that you should still continue to love people. No matter what somebody does to you, you are to love them. No matter what somebody says to you, you are to love them. No matter what someone's political beliefs are or how they're going to vote, you are to love them. No matter what's going on around you or to you, no matter if people block you on social media or any of the other crazy stuff we see in our culture, it should not change your love for someone. Your love should be immovable. We have this conversation all the time with our kids. Uh, We have it a ton with my daughter, uh, Waverly. My daughter, she's passionate. She's fierce. Uh, if you know her, if you interact with her, you'll see it pretty immediately. Uh, she's a, a lot like her mom. Uh, all the good qualities are her mom. The negative qualities are me. Uh, if you're a parent, you, you know you're like, that's your daughter right now. You know, all of that is me. Uh, and all the good things are, are, are Sarah. And, uh, and so we have to have this conversation with Waverly about, like, it doesn't matter what other people do to you. You're called to love them. Like, your love should be immovable. 
And we have this conversation a lot with Waverly, not because of Waverly, but because girls are mean. Holy cow. Hey, if you don't believe me, there's a movie called Mean Girls. There's not a movie called Mean Boys. Like when I was growing up, if like you and I got into it, we took it out on the playground and we got physical. And then once that was done, we were like, cool, we're good. You know, girls, whoo, their words are mean. And Waverly, she's got this girl in her class that almost every day, we're like, Waverly, how was today? Oh, so-and-so was mean again. And she's not just mean to Waverly, she's mean to uh, uh, pretty much everybody in the class. And so we have to have this conversation. Waverly, it doesn't matter what she does or what she says to you or anything, you are called to love her. And this girl, and, and, and we've talked about this, this girl, we, we always talk to our kids about how hurting people hurt people. So if somebody hurts somebody else, it's because deep inside of them, they're hurting in their own right. And so Waverly told her one time something like that. And she said, this girl, this 10-year-old girl said, I've had a really hard life and it's made me mean. Like think about it as a 10-year-old, that like you process that. And, and we know some of her story. She has had a really hard life, especially as a 10-year-old. And she can acknowledge that, man, it's made me mean. And I've told Waverly, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what her story is. It doesn't matter how she chooses to respond to you, how she chooses to act or any of that. Your call in life is to love. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be close with her. It doesn't mean that you don't set up boundaries or anything like that, but it means that your love should be immovable. This is really easy to teach an 11-year-old. It's really hard to live as a 43-year-old man, uh, especially when somebody cuts me off in traffic, you know, like, or, or says mean things about my family or our church or anything like that. Like, it's real easy to teach. It's real hard to live. Paul is saying, let your love be immovable. It should be rooted because God is strengthening your inner being. The second thing that happens when our inner being is strengthened, look at verse 18 and 19 says, may you have power together. Oh, sorry. Oh, wrong translation. May you have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What is he saying? He's saying, I want you to comprehend and to know. I'm praying that you would comprehend and you will know. Now, this is fascinating because almost every prayer that Paul prays, he's praying for comprehension, knowledge, wisdom. The very first week we looked at the prayer, it was all about may you know, may you know. Last week, it was all about comprehend and wisdom. And almost every prayer, the next week, that we're, the prayer we're looking at is again, may you know. Paul constantly tells us that I'm praying that you would know, that you would comprehend, that you would grasp. Grasp what? Well, here it's God's love. You see, Paul understands that once you get to a place where you're truly understanding, that you've comprehended, that you know that you know that you know who God is and what he's done for you and all of that changes everything. Here he's saying, I pray that you would know and you would comprehend God's love. Some of you right now, you don't feel loved. Some of you right now, with whatever you've been walking through, you think back in your life and some of you would say, man, right now in my, my home, my spouse, my kids, you can't think of the last time that you felt truly loved that wasn't coerced in some way. Maybe for some of you it's at work or at school and it's not like you're looking for like that a boys and pats on the back and all of that. Like you want to be seen. 
You want to be acknowledged. You want someone to actually appreciate who you are. For some of you, you don't feel loved in your faith. Because of the the experiences you've gone through, some of the the pain that you've walked through. Maybe you think, man, the last thing that I, I think is that God loves me. My question is, does God even see me? Does God even care? And here's the reality. When you wake up every day and you believe you're not loved, you respond out of that. You think certain things, you do certain things, you respond to people based on not feeling loved. Like when you look at yourself in the mirror, you tell yourself certain things because there's a deficit of love there. When someone does something to you, you respond out of that because there's a deficit of love there. Well, the reverse is true. Once you know and you comprehend that you are loved by the king of kings, You are loved by the God of the universe. Once you know and you comprehend that and you wake up every day knowing that you are loved, that you don't need to seek that in anyone else, then it doesn't matter what everybody else does around you because you're not seeking everybody's approval. You're not seeking everybody's love. And so when somebody does something to you or something happens to you, you respond differently because you have this foundation that I am loved. When you know and you comprehend, you respond differently. There was a, a viral video um, a, a few years back that uh, kind of illustrates this point. So I just want you to listen to this. Take a listen. Laurel. 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 All right, stop. How many of you heard Laurel? Okay, like 25 of you or so. How many of you heard Yanny? How many of you heard Ernest? None of you. You shouldn't have heard that one. You either heard Laurel or Yanny. Right? And if you heard Laurel, you're like, Yanny who? How did y'all hear Yanny? There was no Yanny there. And if you heard Yanny, you're like, Laurel? How did you hear Laurel? It was clearly Yanny. Right? It was the exact same thing, and we heard different things, and it makes you respond differently. What's the same is true? The same is true in life. In life, you and I go through the same thing. We go through the same issues, the same pain. Your circumstances might look different than mine. Right, but you've cried the same tears I've cried. You've gone through the same pain that I've gone, you've gone through the same breakups I've gone, you've dealt with the same, the same stuff. It might look a little different. The circumstances might, the names have changed and all of that, but you and I walk through it different. I mean, we, we walk through the same life and yet we respond very differently based on what we know and comprehend. If you believe that, and you wake up every day believing that you are unloved, You respond out of that. And you're longing for and you're looking for and you're trying to receive love from somebody, anybody. But when you wake up every day knowing that you are loved, that the king of the universe loves you above everything else, then you respond out of that. Paul here is saying, I want you to be rooted and I also want you to comprehend and to know. To comprehend and to know. Now, the last thing that Paul says is the outcome of being strengthened by God's spirit in our inner being. Look at verse 19, the end of it. It says, and to know the love of Christ, surpass knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So what's the third fruit that we receive when we're strengthened in our inner being by God's power and his spirit is that we are filled 
with the fullness of God. What does it mean to be filled with the fullness of God? It means that you're filled with his grace and his love and his mercy and his justice and his truth and his knowledge and his wisdom. When we're strengthened by God's spirit in our inner being, you and I are full of who he is. Some of us, we've experienced this before. We've experienced this like fullness of God in our lives. Maybe, maybe for some of you, it was at a, a summer camp you went to uh, with your youth group at some point or, or some other time like that where, man, just God met you in that place. For some of you, it was on a mission trip while you were serving somebody else throughout the world. Man, God just showed up in such a powerful way, and you're like, man, I can't, I can't ever get rid of this feeling. Like the fullness of God was in you. For some of you, it was on a Sunday morning here during worship, whereas maybe others were like, oh, that was a good Sunday. Some of you were like, man. And like God did something inside of me today. And you've experienced this fullness of God. Paul's saying you can have this every day. That you can have the fullness of God every day. You don't have to go on a mission trip or camp experience or Sunday service or anything like that to receive it. You can get it every day, anywhere. You could be full, filled with the fullness of God in your house. You could be filled with the fullness of God at your workplace. You could be filled with the fullness of God sitting at Starbucks. You could be filled with the fullness of God anywhere, anytime. And imagine how that would change. Change you. Imagine how that would change your relationships. Imagine how that would change your interaction with the world around you. If you were filled with the fullness of God, how do you get there? I mean, you got you to gotta read this. Got to read his word. This is his number one way of speaking to you. Not the only way he speaks, but the number one way he speaks. And you read this. And when you read this and then you experience it, and then you obey it. The Bible is kind of a three-part process. Like you've got to read it, experience it, and then do it. Obey it. When you do that, you see the fruit of it in your life. I worship. Worship is another way to, uh, to be filled with the fullness of God. And I'm not talking about just here on a Sunday being led by Pastor Aaron and the team. Like every day, allowing worship to permeate your heart and your mind. That might be by turning on worship music. It might be by just like sitting in gratitude. Gratitude is something God's been like working with me on over the last month or so, like where he just keeps reminding me of all the things that he's been doing for me and on my behalf and on the behalf of this church and this community. And I'm just so, like, gratitude is overflowing in my life. I wish I could say that was always true. But, like, I'm coming into a new, a, a new level of gratitude, and it's just, it results in worship. Like, what I have is not mine. Like, I didn't do enough for it. I didn't, I'm not good enough for it. It was just simply God gave. So there's gratitude It results in worship. Are you filled with the fullness of God? By asking the Holy Spirit to fill you. By asking the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about it. And I know the, the Big C Church doesn't do a good job of talking about the Holy Spirit. And some churches are scared of it and all of that. But God is Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the Bible talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So every day saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me in my life. Do what you want to do in me. And then through me. And imagine, imagine how your life would look different. Imagine how your relationships would look different. Imagine what would be different if you were filled with the fullness of God. Imagine how this world would look different. 
if Christians weren't all about just their politics and their agendas, but what if we were all about the fullness of God? Like, how would that change things? What would that look like? I think it would change a lot in us. It would change a lot through us. Paul's saying, be filled with the fullness of God. And then he ends this prayer with my, one of my favorite passages. There's a passage I, I, I memorized very early on because it's just, it's just so powerful. And I'm gonna read it to you and then I wanna pray it over you. It's Ephesians 3, verse 20. Here's what it says. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Think about that for a moment. That God is able to do immeasurably more than all you ask or imagine. I don't know about you, but I've asked God for a lot of things. And like my imagination, it can get up there. And God's saying, I can do immeasurably more than any of that. Like you can't even come close to asking God for what he can do. You can't even come close to asking God or dreaming about what God can do based on his power. He can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you, within me. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray this prayer over you. I'm going to ask you to do something that might get you a little uncomfortable. Okay, I'm going to ask you to, to, to receive this prayer, and here's how I want you to do that. I think posture is important. So I just, I want you to, I want you to like open your hands. Like it's really hard if somebody were like, hey, I got a gift for you. And you were like, okay, what is it? Right, like you have to receive, you have to open your hands. So I just want you to open your hands. I want you to receive this prayer. And then I want you to think about where you need the fullness of God, where you need this immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine God. For some of you, maybe it's in a relationship that seems to be going south right now and you need God to heal you need God to restore, you need God to redeem, you need God to bring humility, whatever it may be. For some of you, it's, it's within your health. You've been given a diagnosis that you never thought you would have. And you need the God who can do immeasurably more to step in and do that. For some of you, maybe it's with your kids. I know a lot of your stories and you share your prayer requests with me and I know there's a lot of stuff going on with kids right now. Maybe you need God to just show up in a powerful way in your, your kid's life. Or maybe you're like, man, my life's pretty good. Like I really can't think of an area where I need God to show up and think of it for somebody else. Who in your life needs the immeasurably more of God? Who in your life needs God to show up in such a powerful way that it's only him? Like Sarah and I, we have a friend that we just got told yesterday is more than likely probably won't make it through the week. Now who in your life needs you to stand in the gap for them? To ask God, God, do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. So I want you to open your hands and then I want you to think of that area of your life or that person and receive this prayer. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more 
than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Father, move in our lives today. Father, show up in our lives today. Father, may we be strengthened in our inner being by your power, by your spirit. And may that strengthening in our inner being, may it create this foundation that then exudes itself in love. May we be rooted in love. May we be immovable in our love. Father, may we comprehend and know. May we comprehend and know, God, that you love us. And if it's hard to, to remember, if it's hard to see at times because of some of the stuff we've been walking through, the junk that we've been dealing with, God, may we look at the cross and remember your great love for us made a way. And yet while we're still sinners, Christ, you died on the cross for our sin to save us, to bring us salvation so that we can have the fullness of God. Every single week we have people walk through these doors and if we're being honest, we would say, man, I, I need to receive God's love in my life. I need to comprehend and to know. Maybe you've given your life to Christ a while ago and, and just the journey you've been walking through, the pain that you've been dealing with, the busyness, whatever it may be, you just find yourself separated from him. Maybe for some of us, we've never given our lives to Jesus. Maybe it's the first time in church or maybe we've come to church a few times, but we've never taken that step of faith. And today God is saying, come home, come home. Receive the love that he has displayed for us. Receive his salvation so that you can comprehend and know his great love and be filled with his fullness. If that's you with every head bowed, and eyes closed, if you'd say, man, I, that's me coming into this place, feeling far from the Lord, feeling distant from him, not truly believing that I am loved by him, not comprehending that. But Ernest, I want you today. I want to receive what Jesus has done for me today. That's, if that's you, I just want you to raise a hand. I want to know who to pray for. Amen. 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 Father, thank you for each one of these individuals. Thank you that you know their name. You know their story. You know what they're walking through right now, God. And I thank you that you are a God who sees us, loves us. You are a God that when we admit, man, I'm a sinner. And my sin has separated me from you. God, forgive me of my sin. You are a God who is just, who is merciful. And you forgive us of our sins. Thank you. Those of us watching at home, if you made that decision, just text the word follow to number on the screen. I just want to say God sees you. If you raise your hand, or even if you weren't sure, man, what, what's this guy going to make me do? But you did that in your heart. God sees you. And he loves you. And then for all of us, God, tell us what to do next. 
God, help us to comprehend and know your great love. Help us to be rooted in that love. And maybe we'd be filled with your fullness. And God, as we do those things, may all of that exude to the world around us in such a way that brings you honor and glory and draws people to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.